Kobe White gives an interview and gives his thoughts not only being a starting level point guard, but also how the Bulls season finished with Scoop B Selects. We're going to talk about that interview. We're also going to talk about how the Bulls can benefit from the pending cuts that, that the Oklahoma City Thunder have to make on their roster, which are is going to... You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes if you choose to do so. But more importantly, you can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. First up, Kobe White was on a YouTuber's channel, uh, Scoop B Selects, and he was just kind of just, it was during Summer League, really short, five-minute interview. I may put the link of it in the description here. But he, he said this, a couple of quotes there. I want to continue polishing my, my overall game to continue to get better at ball handling-wise, trying to get to the free throw line a little bit more, playing and pick and roll, playing in the paint, uh, playing off two feet. Uh, and so he also said this, it was a good experience in regards to the playing tournament. It was a good experience that a single elimination game, not something you really experience in the NBA, but it was good for us. We, we beat a good Toronto team and then lost to Miami and they wound up going to the finals. We don't look at it as like that would have been us, but we look at it as it was right there. I think that was a game that we could have won. We should have won, um, but we definitely have the confidence going into next season and definitely that's the goal to be back in the playoffs. And so you know, this nothing too earth-shattering here at all when it comes to Kobe White and the quotes here. It all makes sense. There's been things that Bulls fans have echoed as well over the course of this offseason, just how close the Bulls were to beating that Miami Heat team. I know a lot of Bulls fans still carry a lot of, you know, frustration over how that game went, uh, especially with Billy Donovan and, you know, him taking out Andre Drummond and Kobe White at parts in that game. But overall, it's just this, right? This Bulls team does have a lot of confidence. I know, you know, some Bulls fans don't have confidence. You have everywhere uh, on the spectrum of Bulls fan where you have some Bulls fans that think, hey, the Bulls aren't going to do nothing. They're just going to be another playing team. You have some Bulls fans that look at the moves that the Bulls make, made, how it helped in the margins, and hopefully starting off the season with a point guard like Javon Carter, how that can, you know, kind of help. And we're also starting off the season with a healthy Zach Levine, hopefully unlike we did last season. And some Bulls fans really do have that hope that the Bulls can be between a 40 and 45 win team. That's kind of where, where at the part that I sit on. I, I look at just how important defensively Javon Carter and Torrey Craig are going to be, also with their ability to help stretch the floor for their players in Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan. That's going to be hugely important to have, you know, shooters out there with them. Patrick Williams showed so much shooting last season, which we got a, I got an interesting stat on Patrick Williams that we're going to talk about here when we get to him uh, later on. But, like, I think ultimately, and it may be just optimism, it may be whatever, right? It may be false optimism, it may be proven not, not true, but I do look at this team, and I do think this is a team that can get between 40 and, and 45 wins. Now, wherever that lets, has them sit at, you know, we'll, we'll end up seeing. But, you know, ultimately, this Bulls team has a lot of questions around them, and questions that aren't going to be answered the first month of the season. is questions that we need answered throughout a whole season. We've seen the flash in the pan of the Chicago Bulls to start the season off, being number one team in the East, all of that, and it all come crashing down. We saw a rough start to last season, and the Bulls finished last season okay, right? I'm not going to say that they finished overly strong, but they finished it okay. I, I think all like when it all comes down to it, it's just, how that sustainability, how is this Bulls team, are they going to actually have an identity now to start to start the season, right? Are we going to still be that team that blows huge leads? And I think, you know, that's something that, you know, maybe calls for optimism and maybe calls for, you know, concern. But, like, 
the, the, the Bulls team gave up so many big leads last season that if they're just able to hold on to even half of those, we're talking about a team that has about 43, 44 wins last season. So, you know, we'll, we'll end up seeing, right? But Kobe White, he's going to play a big role for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, I, I you know some Bulls fans still think he's going to be the starter. Some think it's going to be Javon Carter. Some even think it's going to be Alex Caruso. We'll end up seeing how that shake, shakes out in training camp and in the preseason. But ultimately, it's just good to hear that Kobe White has the right mindset. And uh, we'll see what comes of it next season. Now, going off from that, the Bulls still have an open roster spot. And me and many other Bulls content creators really kind of focus on who the Bulls can get at that veteran minimum, right? Well, there is a team in the Oklahoma City Thunder that have, I think, right now 20 guaranteed contracts, right? And, of course, they have to get that down to 15 by the start of the season. And that could potentially leave a, a spot where the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to have to cut maybe some nice, young, promising talent, right? And one of the guys that I'm going to focus on, but it's not the only one that I'm going to talk about, though, is uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Now, this is a guy who, in his rookie season, flashed some things, right? A, a little bit of, of, of three-point shooting, not a ton of it, right? So I don't want to overstate that at all. He did hit the three ball at a 35% clip his rookie year. And then at a 33% clip, his uh his his sophomore year, even though he got he played less minutes, but this is a guy that many, many analysts do think it's probably going to be cut by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Keep in mind, this guy is 6'8, 240 pounds, legit power forward, can stretch the floor a little bit, rebounding. He averaged 5.6 rebounds in, in 22 minutes his rookie season, and then still 4.2 rebounds uh, at 18 minutes per game, about, about 19 minutes per game in the sophomore season with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying this is a guy who puts the Bulls over the top or anything, but with the Bulls being a team that could be looking to get promising young talent in their building, um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl presents an interesting scenario, I feel, for the Chicago Bulls. Again, not not the Bulls are probably more than likely going to go veteran at the end of that bench. Let, let me be clear that I do think that that's probably the most likely scenario, but you have to look and maybe consider this is a guy who was, yes, a second round pick. He was the, he was the 32nd pick in the second round in 2021, but he's still only 22 years old. And he's flashed some things for you that you can look at and say, hey, while we're a team that's still looking to get talent, while we're still looking to build talent, we now have our, our head of player development. Could the Bulls look to pivot to a guy like this that, you know, could could project to maybe be something? As a starter, he's, he started 20 games last season. As a starter, in those 20 games, 23 minutes per game, 8.7 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, a, a half a block per game, which isn't promising, especially as for a team that needs run protection, and right under a steal per game. This is a guy that has some promise, right? Am I saying that he has the potential to be the starting level no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that with, if you're going to use, there, there are two different ways you can use that last roster spot. You can go veteran that can come in, plug in some things. Maybe you can wait for a Kelly Oubre Jr. or Christian Wood, see if they end up being willing to sign for the vet minimum, or you can try to go, hey, there's some promising young talent coming from this OKC team that they're going to have to cut. So, you know, I, I, I like it. Yeah, he did. He dealt with the ankle injury uh, last season that really, you know, hurt him some. So look at those numbers in, in whatever way you want to do that. But again, that three-point shooting as well, he's shown some things. Another one that the, the OKC Thunder could be looking to cut, and that's expected, is, is Trey Mann. Now, there are some people who think, hey, the, the Thunder are going to find a way to keep Trey Mann. But this is a guy who was the 18th overall pick in 2021. 18th overall pick. And because of the where the OKC Thunder are, especially bringing in Vasile Mishik uh, as well at that point guard position, he could find his way 
cut. Now, again, he some people think it's more likely, some people think it's less likely for him. But again, this is another talented young player, right? That the Bulls could look to bring in. You look at other players at the Bulls. Uh, Jack White is another one that 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 uh, the the Thunder may be uh, looking at cutting. Davis Berton's not really too high on him. Victor Oladipo, even as a vet minimum, if that ends up being the case, I'm not necessarily high on that one. Ty Ty Washington Jr. is a cut candidate for them. And Usman Garbaga, uh, Gar- 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 Garba, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm, I'm murdering that man's name. But again, they, these are guys that they recently acquired as well that could end up being on the chopping block. The fact that I, I was over on Locked On NBA last week on, I believe it was the Friday episode, um, and we talked about this. And the fact of the matter is the Thunder are going to cut some Players that, A, have guaranteed contracts, but do have upside. And the Bulls could be one of the teams that are waiting to see what which player they do cut if they have their eyes on any of the players down there in OKC. Let me know what you guys think on that, right? It, 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 it Does any player that's on that cut candidate list for the OKC Thunder, does it interest you? And it's more so a, a long, uh, more of an upside uh, sell on that one, rather than it's somebody who you're necessarily coming in expecting to play a huge role for you. Or... You could. You just never know, right? Especially with the Bulls needing more length. That's why uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was kind of the first uh, p- p- player my mind went to. Because, yeah, we need some size. He offers some size, some rebounding. His rebounding rate is really good as well. So, hey, could be an option that the Bulls do look for. Not necessarily saying it's a for sure thing. But, all right, let's get into it next. Uh, Patrick Williams showed, it was an IG video where he showed Flash some improved handles and things like this. And here's what I have to say to that. And this is not, I'm not typically a pessimistic Bulls fan. I'm probably more optimistic than pessimistic more times than not. At the end of the day, when it comes down to Patrick Williams, we need to see Patrick Williams do it against, uh, in the NBA. Period. I don't even want to say against NBA talent because there are some NBA talents that are in these open courts and open runs and, 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 and programs and things like that. I need to see it happen in an NBA game, and the reason why, right? I said I had an interesting stat earlier when it comes to Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams only averaged 2.6 drives per game last season, right? And 76% of his field goals came off an assist. Now, I've seen and I've talked very much so about P. Will's aggression. There have been a couple of you guys in the comment section and otherwise like, that said P. Will's aggression is fine. It's not. When you, when you have the size and combination of speed that Patrick Williams has, and you're only averaging 2.6 drives per game, that's not that's not cool. And that that's regardless of position, right? And 76% of your field goals being assisted on, we need you to be a little bit more assertive. And Patrick Williams has even said that, right? With an interview with Darnell uh, Mayberry, he said this, I want to be more consistent. I wanted to play, uh, I, want, I wanted to play make a little bit more. The opportunity was there. I don't think I grasped it. Yes, Patrick, we've seen times and opportunities where P. Will has gotten to do point forward type things. And he's done pretty good in that, right? I've already, I always quote the stat when P. Will gets double digit shot attempts and plays ran for him. He averages something like 15, 6, and 6, something like that. It's somewhere in that area. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me anymore. But, but, P. Will has to take that, and nothing is going to be given given to P. Will, especially when you got now veterans around you that are that are wanting those minutes. And so, we we've heard it, we've heard AK say it. Um, Mark Eversley said it when he was interviewed during the summer league game. They need and want to see Patrick growth from Patrick Williams, and really a big part of the ceiling of that team rising is players like Patrick Williams taking a step up. But you have to take it. P. Will has to be more aggressive. That just is what it is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it anymore. 
P-Will has to find a way to unlock a little bit more of that dog mentality from P-Will. And if you don't, you can still be very, like, P-Will has a future in the NBA as, at the minimum, a 3 and D player at that either wing or power forward position. And he, he's going he's gonna to be able to do that for a long time, right? At the bare minimum, that's what he's going to be. But the fact of the matter is, is that we have seen so much more potential from P-Will to do so much more, but he has to unlock what's in between his ears. Now, a big portion of that, and a lot of Bulls fans have pointed to, is having DeMar DeRozan on the team and how maybe not having DeMar could pivot, could move. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. He will back to what many Bulls fans see as his natural position as small forward. You know, guys know I don't agree with that. I think pa Patrick Williams is fine at the four. It doesn't matter if he's not aggressive. It doesn't matter what position he plays. But DeMar DeRozan's future with the Chicago Bulls team is one of the biggest questions heading into next season. Does he get a contract extension with the Chicago Bulls? Why or why not, right? What does that contract extension look like? The Bulls are sitting in a situation next season where they can have about $19 million in practical cap space. That is after the, uh, it was more than that, but after, you know, re-signing Io DeSumo to that long-term deal, it's affected that a little bit. They can also add $20 million to that potentially if they go ahead and use the career-ending injury exception for Alonzo Ball next season where they'll actually have practical cap space. They wouldn't have had that this season. Those questions arise, but when it comes down to DeMar DeRozan's future with the Chicago Bulls, you have to ask yourself, what is the value number there? Is AK going to just give him an extension to keep him and maintain that talent? Or is there a number that, that AK looks at it and says, listen, because this is probably our last time to, in, a, in the foreseeable future to make a move in free agency, even though the free agent market is a little bit questionable there, um, do the Bulls you know, look to say, hey, we, this is the number that we have for you, right? You are an aging player about to be 34 years old, what does that look like for us, right? Or does DeMar even? We know DeMar DeRozan. He's already talked about how he loves the city of Chicago, and I love that for him. But we know that DeMar wants to win a title, right? And so does DeMar look in, the, in what may be his last contract in the NBA, look to go to a different place? Or if he says, well, if I'm going to stay here in Chicago, I need the money, right? And so you have to ask yourself this. A couple of things have to happen this season, unless DeMar DeRozan gets a contract extension early into the season, which you can never put it past AK, right? But if this season goes through and they wait to the end of the season to make the decision on DeMar DeRozan, what do the young players flash that makes the front office maybe reconsider, right? It's easy to say, hey, DeMar not being on this team, it opens up shots, it opens up growth opportunity for Dalen and Patrick Williams. Maybe even you can throw in Julian Phillips there because he can play a little bit of three as well. But the Erlot Bittum is, is a candidate there as well. But do they flash enough to where the front office feel comfortable in that? One thing that we've seen with this front office, they aren't going for a rebuild. I know a lot of Bulls fans are calling for it, and they call for it every day. It ain't happening. And because of that, do, does this front office now look and say, all right, we're going to base what we do with DeMar off this Dalen flash or something? Does P. Will flash or something? Does Erlot 
bits him show enough in in on that two-way contract next season, whether he's playing at the NBA level or just in the G League level, did he flash enough that we feel confident in the future of our wing position? Bulls also have their first round pick next season. Maybe they feel confident in finding a wing there to replace it or a big that's going to move Patrick Williams back to the small forward position. But it all comes down to the number and the value of it. And I think when you look at DeMar DeRozan's potential future with the Chicago Bulls, it brings its own questions, right? It's not like DeMar DeRozan is this generational talent anymore that it really, it, it changes a hugely lot for the Chicago Bulls. Yes, his ability to hit shots late, all that, we need that, right? But when you look at trying to build a team and up the ceiling for the team, and you, if, if you keep saying that it's tied to your young players, eventually you either have to cut the, the leash off your young players and, let, and try to let them go and figure their things out through the good, through the bad, through the growing pains, whatever it is. You may take an initial step back, but is that growth that they have there worth that initial step back because then you can take two steps forward? That's really a lot of the questions you're asking with the DeMar DeRozan extension. DeMar turns uh, 34 here in about two weeks, right? So you have to ask yourself that. DeMar is, has the game that he's always probably going to be averaging over 20 points per game. He's always going to get to the free throw line a lot. He's always going to shoot effectively just because he doesn't do the type, doesn't have the type of game where it really lends him to not be an effective shooter, right? So you have to ask yourself, in going forth, you've already doubled down. You've re-signed Nikola Vucevic. You've re-signed Kobe White. Re-signing DeMar DeRozan to a contract extension would be a further doubling down on the same core that we've now had for three years. And while I'm not saying, I'm not one of those people that are like, it's completely bad, if you're going to do that, you then have to make severe changes around that core if you're going to try to go further. The Bulls may, may very well look at it also and say, which is I know something that not a lot of Bulls fans are going to appreciate, but there's a complete chance there that the Bulls do double down and just say, hey, after 2025, we have all our first-round picks. We're going to go through this process naturally, meaning we're going to re-sign DeMar DeRozan because we like him, and wherever the chips fall for the next three years, we get three first-round picks at, at, at number 7 to 13. We're just going to keep rolling the dice on that. I don't think that that's an effective strategy, but I don't want to act like that's not a possibility either with the front office that we have here. So what I'm seeing, man, um, DeMar DeRozan, I think that if if they get a contract extension done during the season, that already signifies that's them also saying, hey, we are not worried about being players in free agency, at least not next season. We'll see, man. We'll see. A tons of questions there, but we also got voicemails that I want to get into before we go. We got a first time voicemail caller in Drake. We're going to go ahead and play that now. Hey, what's up, Hey, This is uh, Drake from West Side Chicago. Hey, I just want to know your opinion on this, right? So, um, I feel like that, you know, like since the since the Bulls, you know, improve on a three point shooting and everything, I feel like the biggest thing that we have to do next next season is stay consistent. Because I feel like if we stay consistent, you know, we can probably make a, a deeper run. Because I feel like people forgetting, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I remember like what last season. I know we did fall down and uh well we was like in the play in and all that but uh I feel like we uh people forgetting that like what a year before that we was a number one seed team. So I feel like uh what you think if we can probably be more consistent because we, we definitely got an improvement on the uh on the three point shooting side. Our defense always been solid and we probably got a big improvement on that. I feel like that uh that we we should be able to make a deeper run. So uh what you think? Absolutely. Consistency must be the word. But to get consistency, you have to have an identity. It was so hard for the Chicago Bulls to have consistency last season because we didn't have an identity. We didn't have a sustained level of play. We didn't have a sustained expectations for ourselves. So 
the Bulls fixing that part can bring uh, consistency. But like I said yesterday, we have to be one of the most efficient teams on offense and defense. Doesn't mean we have to be the best offensive team in the NBA, but we have to, our efficiency numbers have to be some of the best if we're going to want to be a better, have a better outcome than what we had last season. That means making smarter decisions, using players better to their, to their natural strengths, right? That's something that Billy Donovan hasn't done consistently. We need those things to happen for this team for us to get there. And consistency is a part of that as well. Let's hope that the Bulls are consistent. I do think that with the defense that we're shaped up to have, and with the potential offensive additions of Javon Carter and Torrey Craig and what their three-point shooting percentages could mean for the Chicago Bulls, P-Will, Kobe, one of those players taking a, a leap as well, I think it's going to be pretty damn good. But we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Shay. Yo, yo, Hayes, what's up? This is your boy Shay. Look, man, I just have to say it. A lot of these motherfuckers, and I'm going to include the Cognac boys, and Steve-O, too. You know, they're making a big deal about the Boston Celtics getting Chris Todd Porzingis and making a big deal. And a lot of others, and a lot of other people, including some people in our chat, have been making a big deal about the Spin Suns getting Bradley Bill and Dev Bradley Bill along with Kevin Durant. And I'm here to tell y'all, look here. Although those teams got a, those teams got a lot of star power, the one thing they're missing is a true point guard. Don't get me wrong, Bradley Bill can play some point a little bit, but the key word, the word is some. Bradley Bill has always been affected when he's playing on his own or he is having to set up guy for him, setting up the offense. You cannot have two shooting guards out there at the same, at the same, you cannot make a shooting guard play the point guard role for full 82 games a season. It will not work. We tried it with Kobe White. We've also tried it with Zach Levine. And let's face it, shooting guards are shooting guards, and point guards are just point guards. And as for uh, that shit with the Boston Celtics, losing Marcus Smart, that's going to be a big deal for them. Because let's face it, although Jalen Brown is a good defender, a lot of the motherfuckers are good defenders, but Grant, him, Grant Williams, they bought a lot of shit that you just can't. That you just can't replace with just anybody on that team. Don't get me wrong, Christophe Porzingis does score big points, but let's think about it. Porzingis has only been to the playoffs maybe once with the Dallas Mavericks, and that was with the, and the pandemic. And then, too, he didn't do much of shit with the Washington Wizards. And then, shit, he ended up being so bad that the New York Knicks decided to move on from, from his ass. Now, don't get me wrong. Those three teams do look good on paper, but, like, when you ain't got the right you ain't got the right system to put them both of them motherfuckers in, it just won't pan out, especially with both of those teams that I just mentioned, not having a true point guard. Now, I may be wrong, but remember what I said the last time, that super team shit just won't work. Peace. Tell me what you think. All right, Shay, I'll say this. Like, the Suns not having a true point guard, it is it is one of the more mind-boggling things. But, hey, one of the things that we've seen in the NBA, as long as you have a team that can move the ball around, right, and can pass overall well, you, you can you can come up with a system to where you don't necessarily need a true point guard and maybe uh, Bradley Bills uh, and the other teams, because they have some, some players that can be solid passers, maybe that's enough for that team to have an efficient offense. The biggest questions that I have for that team are defensively. Like, I just have so many questions on what that team's going to be defensively that, you know, we'll end up seeing, but I think it's going to be fun. And I think the Phoenix Suns are at least favored to be one of the teams to probably make it out the West. Like, yeah, they're going to have to get past Denver and other teams like that. But, like, 
they have the talent. The, the biggest question is, is how that talent is going to come together. And I think a team like the Suns is going to be what highlights the importance of coaching. Coaching is going to be highly important for wherever the Suns are able to do because that their coach is going to have to come up with a hell of a system, I think. Now, as far as the Celtics losing Marcus Smart, I actually have a video over on NBA Central saying, talking about just that, how losing Marcus Smart and, and is such an important role to the Boston Celtics' identity and to a lesser extent, Grant Williams as well, that yes, they added Kristaps Porzingis, who I actually like for that team also, but you have to ask the questions like, what have they lost in the identity of that team, right? What have they lost in the edge of that team? Marcus Smart is the type of player that you look at the stat sheet and you can say, yeah, we can replace that. But what you can't really quantify is how his mentality and his ability to kind of be the ultimate glue guy there really helped that team in certain situations. So we'll end up seeing, man. I, I, listen, the Bulls got so much more that they need to worry about before they need, they, they, they need to worry if they can beat like the Celtics in the playoff series or anything like that. But I do think that it does make it interesting. And every team in the Eastern Conference kind of has its chinks in the armor. It just does, right? So we'll see if the Bulls can make a move in that. We'll see. But that's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, you can leave a text message and our voicemail. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.